This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to build your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. You can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS for 10% off your first purchase. Fur Cry 4. A song to hedge your tail. Dude, it is Fur Cry 4. The fur tech in Far Cry is so good. All right, okay. Okay, so Far Cry more like Fur Cry. It's, it's, it's. December 3rd, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 187. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brecken. Hi, Nick. There we go. Hey. Got that. And Got I'm that end back in there. What you like. What I like is when we talk about the opening of the episode and the opening of the episode. It is so much more like Fur Cry than Far Cry. <laughs> <laughs> the Fur Tech, Nick. The Fur Tech. What did no you think? love it's there. for Fur Cry 4. No, no love, love for no love for a cry. No love for a cry. No love for a Four. <laughs> That's the most remarkable thing about this game, to me, yeah. in terms of achievement. Like I'm playing it on low like, quality, okay, so, so I can't see any of it. It looks like Far Cry Two to me. Yeah. <laughs> so is this fur like? Are we talking like Monsters Incorporated? Or are we talking about like more like Star Fox Adventures game? No, 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 no. no. It is. It is, is it like blow in the wind? Do you see like just a beautiful, majestic beast, and then like a breeze yeah. whips up? When and you said, I'm so conditioned to yeah. be in this industry that when you said blow in the wind, I just imagined Jonathan Blow <laughs> standing stoically in a field. Jonathan Blow doesn't have hair. He's not like Far Cry Four tech. Does not apply. More like Far Cry Three. It's true. Far Cry Forehead. I'm a bald guy. I can say it. You can't. You can't. You did. What? That's like the sweat gleam. I know. I'm, no, just I'm like more mad at you for this Far Cry forehead. Bruises <laughs> and like old man band-aids. It's, it takes a lot of work to make this look Pixel. accurate. To make this disgusting <laughs> to mess. To polish this dome. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that I said Far Cry forehead. It's okay. Your forehead's wound is healed. It's gone now. You heal incredibly fast. You heal the fastest it's one of, my, of all It's of one us. of my talents. <laughs> Talents? Yeah. You practice it? Uh, I, I probably do. Maybe I do by injuring myself so often. Like maybe Wait, that, did, I, did I tell you? I must have told this to you, Jake. Did I, the, did I tell you about my talents? No. The, about my talents? The day after you <laughs> smashed your head into a tree, literally the day after you smashed your head into a tree while walking home. The, while texting on your phone. While texting on your phone. <laughs> the, like, exactly 24 hours later, I was walking home, and I was a block away from my uh, house, and a guy on the other side of the... Were you on your phone? Of course. I'm, probably. I don't... Okay. I, but a guy on the other side of the street started rapping about me freestyle. Like, I was carrying a grocery bag and, like, a book in my left hand, and I don't... like. 
he just started just out of nowhere. I hear like this distant voice from the other side of the street that was like, guy walking down the street, got a grocery bag, got a book on his arm. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? And I crane my entire neck around. Like, I'm, this is such a surprising incident. I crane my entire neck around and just got smashed in the head with a tree. Did he rap about that? <laughs> Guy, no, no. Guy on his phone hits himself in the head. No, because by the time I was like looking at him, we were he was already well past my his like right. eight hundred eighty degree. Like, He'd moved on to like the right. fire hydrant. Yeah, <laughs> the woman with the Pomeranian. He'd yeah. moved. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was his talent, not the rapping part, but somehow just leaving destroyed. It's just a pit. It's like his hero's power. Yeah. Right. Where as he walks around rapping about things, they just burst into flame or right. crumble or explode. But yeah. you said the tree branch like ripped your con. It did. You had a scratch yes, across your face. I know. I know. It yeah. looked like I got mauled by an animal in Far Cry Four, and I was. I had basically a huge that, like get like remember that yeah, yeah. Th- that tree stole your contact yeah it ripped my contact out which is terrifying to think about because if I was not wearing a contact would that you would have just been have, killed like, ripped up my cornea <laughs> well, or whatever it's like the, a bike helmet for your eye that's what they do. that's what they tell yeah, you yeah. to get them but I, <laughs> no, I guess the answer to that it's okay, if, I, son. if I weren't wearing my contact I would have been wearing my glasses in which case I would have been less injured so maybe right. <laughs> no, you, you did tell me about this guy stumbling down the street can't figure out which way he goes walking in the street because he's probably blind Mr. Magoo over there with the brown hair <laughs> yeah you did tell me about that because I noticed all the scrapes on your face and it was like a day after yeah, it was you, a day after that and, we and you bo- told me and then I said you can't tell anyone this yes, if you, you want that. If you want to have any respect left in the office, because I got a bunch of shit, predictably and deservedly, <laughs> for walking into a tree while being on my phone. So you could not come in the next day and be like, I also had my phone and ran into a tree. Like, that was not, but then you're like, no, there was a guy rapping about me. Like, that doesn't hold any water uh, if you just come in and, and say anything about but it. But now I've told everybody. But yeah, but it's enough time. We're both healed, in all, you know, yeah. physically and emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time heals all wounds. Heals Jake's wounds faster, though. Less time heals Jake's yeah. wounds. Now I just have, like, a teardrop scar under my right eye. Get that tattoo. That's appropriate for episode 187, don't you think? God. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. Yeah. Far Cry forehead over here, and I'm the worst. All right. Fair enough. The fur tech, though, is so good. It's pretty good. That yak? Did you I haven't see seen that the yak, yak yet. Oh, it's majestic. The fur is so good. You just want to touch it. I can imagine a yak's fur being majestic. It's incredibly majestic. So okay, but did the but yak it's more then, than like get picked to, to up? Your answer your question. It's more monsters incorporated than. Yeah. Did it get like picked up by an osprey who then like threw it into a farm of monkeys and stuff? Because that's what happens in Far Cry Four. I think. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> and shit knocks happens. over an explosive barrel. Yeah, right. I mean, it is. It is a. It's a. Dadaist zoological sandbox. It's a violence. So Far Cry Four is actually it's, it's the island of Doctor Moreau. Oh. No, except all the animals aren't like they're not like no, they're just animals. they're not taped together. Yeah, I mean they're just well. So it's it's, it's no, first yeah. castle <clears throat> reality show that it, it's like yeah, it's Xanadu. nuts. You're you're in like a you're it's Jumanji. A, it's Jumanji. <laughs> it is fucking Jumanji. Yeah, like yeah, it's you, Jumanji. You're Robin Williams. <laughs> you got to stop saying that unless you're winning the game. What's the rule of that? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the rules of Jumanji. <laughs> we're beset by Jumanji. colonial hunters. Jumanji. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't Just think that's, that's, I don't an think army the of baboons. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's close enough. Um. <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. Um, 
Well, the protagonist, is, the protagonist is, essentially is. says things like that, though, in this game. He says, what year is That's not what Rob Williams comes screaming yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what his is that the, yeah. is the Jumanji part what is Dadaist about it? What did you mean when you said that? It's just nonsense. It's, it's just absolute fucking crazy. craziness, yeah. Oh. There's yeah. Just a, I mean, there's just... It's... Oh, God, it's so... There are, it narr- is really there are systemic narratives by virtue of your ability, your brain's ability to produce meaning from disparate events happening in yeah. sequence. Sure. But it's not like a story, except you know, because it's so crazy, right? Yeah. You know, like the systems in Far Cry Two. I'm gonna skip over Far Cry Three because Far Cry Three just feels like Far Cry Three feels like the lily pad to Far Cry Four. Okay, right? Yeah, because Far Cry Three is just like too mired in bolt in like thematic bullshit to really like bring to really dig into. I think we already have a year ago, but if you look at how the systems in Far Cry Two are all incredibly extreme. To the point where, like, fire propagation before they brought it back, I like, killed the yeah, final yeah. boss. Right, whatever. All you that know, stuff. they're all very powerful systems, but they are thematically <clears throat> con- restraint. There's restraint in all of them. It's not like a herd of zebras gets, like, pushed by the fire and tramples through a village and kills all these well, people. Well, the density wasn't what it is now in this series. It just feels there's like a de- there's a density. A yeah. There's, there's a density so that's many just animals. Yeah. Like you were telling me you killed more dog like you killed like what lots oh, of dogs. Oh man. Yeah. It's just the first Nick, hour you're of this game me you is sought out and killed dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you're telling me you resolved to only kill dogs? <laughs> How many dogs do you think you could beat I, up? Uh, you killed a lot of dogs. In life or in Far Cry 4? I mean in Far Cry 4. <laughs> eh. You kill a lot of dogs in this game though. Yeah. And you skin them. Well, you it's you one of those. It's one of those like Indiana Jones then. two games you where you just stick your hand in the chest and just there's blood everywhere. Yeah, it it's really so funny. It says temple skin of the doom, animal. The temple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It says like skin the animal. Yeah. And skin. Then the, yeah. Your guy, skin the animal, and he just guy goes in a for knife in his gut. Yeah. Moves it probably eight inches, and then pulls out what looks to be a Far Cry three. Pulls out what looks to be a spleen. Yeah. And then it just like leaves the car. And then you can throw spleens at guys. Animal open create purse out of animal remove organs and he just sort of pockets purse. the organ yeah you can throw the organs to you distract can. enemies really it's food yeah or whatever you can like lure <laughs> this beasts. sounds fine you can lure beasts with it yeah but the thing that was crazy for me is that so again far cry 2 it's the african savannah or whatever and so there are like zebras in kudu and whatever mm-hmm. you know now I'm in what is ostensibly Tibet or Eastern China mountains. And <laughs> I was on a four-wheeler, Ollie and I were playing, on a four-wheeler and have the very classic Far Cry experience of, oh no, I've just ridden through a local uprising and I ran over a guy and now from screen right, Comes barreling in a uh, it's like a Humvee like, or something. No, like a Tacoma, but with a rail gun on the back. Right, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And bail off the RV, stand up. That sounds put, like, like Far Cry. Two to me. bullets, two like AK bullets into the truck, and then immediately from screen right, a rhinoceros just flips the truck into a river. Yeah, and the rhinos <laughs> is standing there, and I'm like, "I had a, my grievance is not with you, Rhino, but also, why are you here?" Like, like, because like, in my brain, I'm like, okay, what are the sorts of animals that are allowed to live in this biome 
rhinos don't live in the mountains yeah rhinos don't live in like they don't climb Tibet. mountains no they're not, they're not <laughs> they might live in the lowlands they, oh, they, but they are don't. mountains but yeah. <laughs> they don't they're not so good with climbing yeah so that's just crazy to me like there's just it's just so much wildlife yeah existing it's all systemic and i i mean some of it feels like every once in a while there's like an ai director um yeah but and, you know there's fun moments like that where ollie and i were like traversing down we're on foot and coming down a hill and we hear like cock, 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 like gunshots in the air and recently we had just liberated an outpost or whatever a village and then the try or the group of people that you're friendly with like was really stoked that we had done that and we we're like shooting into the air like wow and I was like, whoa, 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 why are there gunshots? I thought we cleared this. Oh, wait, no, no, they're just celebrating. Oh, cool, crazy. So then we come down this hill, maybe a minute later, and there's just two other, like, NPCs down there who are dressed in garb that we know they're friends, allied garb, and they're just like, cack, 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 shooting into the air. And it's like, oh, they're celebrating. And then you start, ah! <laughs> and you realize <laughs> we're shooting at a fucking, like, condor. Oh, yeah. That just, like, <laughs> that happened to me too. attacked us. <laughs> <laughs> like they just like we looked to the right and it's like oh no and like it was on our faces and they came over and shot at it and stuff like that yeah but it doesn't it's fun but i mean there is a co-op mode that takes all the story stuff out and you just run around in this which is i we didn't play but that's what i want to play because the I'll, insanity the zoological <laughs> insanity that is this game <laughs> doesn't make doesn't feel like i can experience I can't get myself there. I can't get myself to like, oh no, I'm experiencing a serious story. I'm not meaning to make 100% parody here, but like in Far Cry 2, seeing animals at all was always sort of like a beautiful, rare moment, whereas this seems like all the emergent stories are people collide with animals. So the first time you see an elephant in this game. Sorry, go ahead. The first time you see an element in this game, it's. An element? An elephant. An elemental elephant. An elemental elephant. It's, It's standing outside of an outpost, and the gates are closed. And it's just pointed towards the in, inside of the outpost. Right, so the, the elephant so, is implicitly shoot me in the butt, basically. Yep, yeah, yep yeah. and you shoot it in the butt, and it, it kills everyone. It is the marble you knock off the thing in yeah, the whole Yeah, like, exactly. Mouse trap. Yeah, and a, a lot of the encounters feel like that to me. Yeah, where it's I completely just, agree. Like, there's yeah. always Why? just an elephant butt. Like, okay, yeah, there's always an elephant butt. That's like butt. the visual language of Far Cry 4. Is like, the <laughs> yeah. There's always you. a lighthouse like, and an elephant butt. Why are these two guys hanging out with a tiger and a pen? For no reason. Yeah. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. Like, who put them Do they there? have dialogue if you get really close? We're like, I don't know why we got this tiger out here. Like, wacky <laughs> barks. But this tiger would totally fuck us up if somebody opened this pen. Sure <laughs> hope they don't. Yeah. <laughs> or if someone did anything interesting to the space that we occupy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if a coconut sure was no one here just... one of us blew up. Yeah. Who, you know. Yeah. Sure hope no one tips off my Rube Goldberg machine I've been building in my yeah. spare time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's Goldblum's Paradise. One other anecdote. Okay, go ahead. Oh, so the, the problem is, is like it's hard to take any of it seriously. Like Ollie stole an elephant or got <clears throat> got the ability to ride elephants, yeah. which is pretty fucking cool. And then stormed into like occupied territory on the elephant, killed everyone from the elephant's back, shooting and stomping through all of them. But their alarm—they never set off their like alarm because he just got lucky and killed the people in the right order. And then yeah, got- he had a silent like strike yeah. on elephants. <laughs> he All got right. the stealth achievement called Lightfoot <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. It was like softfoot, like, physically inaccurate. Yeah, right? yeah, he was literally on an animal that weighs six tons. <laughs> it was so good. 
That's pretty good. But I was, was going to say, Jake, when you were comparing the sort of animal model to Far Cry 2, I think one difference is that the animals in Far Cry 2 don't actually have any meaningful agency. They're basically props. Right, that's... They're I, basically but just, they have <clears throat> physics. You could run into a zebra and yeah, fuck your yeah. shit up. No, yes. but, no, but they don't, though, because when yeah. you run into a zebra in Far Cry 2, doesn't, don't, aren't they as though they're just rooted into the ground? No. As I recall? You can't kill them. I know you can't kill them. I know they can like wreck. If you're trying to get away from somebody, they can cause you trouble. They can cause you trouble, but they don't. Yeah. They're not part of the it's world like a tree in the stump same way through, that it sounds like uh, you're not, describing. That's why I didn't. Yeah. I didn't mean to make mechanical like a mechanical equivalency between. Far no, I know you weren't. I, were, I wasn't saying you're making an equivalency. Yeah, no, I'm making the comparison. It's, point. it's yeah. It's the the use of animals is obviously incredibly different, but mm-hmm. it's it's. It creates, it, me- it creates a world <clears throat> that is just obviously insane by default. Like, the rules of this game just allow right. for it to be well, so hilarious. That, I don't know. Tell me, either of you guys, if there's anything to this. One of the things that was interesting to me about Shadow of Mordor when I played it, I mean, I enjoyed the game, you know, like, a fair amount. I, I didn't – not enough to play through the entire thing because, it, it, you know, I kind of felt like I got it after a while. But the underlying systems, the – what was it? The rivals? What was it called? Does anyone remember? The, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. know what you mean. The, yes. The, Plug um, the unclan. <laughs> yes, exactly. The uh, nemesis system, I yeah. guess it is. Yeah. That controls the orc lieutenants and all this stuff. Um, felt like a really <clears throat> potent kind of overall underpinning that this developer, in this case Monolith, could apply to like other ideas. and Because it... Apparently that game I mean, was the nemesis idea could could be in and not a Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Yeah, because apparently that game was already supposed to be something else. Batman? Yeah, it was apparently originally like a Batman pitch, a, or a Batman pitch hmm. that yeah got changed to the Lord of the Rings license, um, or Middle Earth license, I guess technically. <laughs> but uh, I like hearing you describe this game. One of the weird things about the Far Cry series is that it's such a at this point so like not a series, right? It's just like some games that take place in in outside. Right. Well, it's a hodgepodge like, of different It's a total hodgepodge mechanics. across the yeah. course of the series. And I wonder if if any of the stuff in this feels like it could be fruitful in an environment where they just sort of started over without all this like franchise baggage because mm-hmm. I mean, you mean just underlying tech? Yeah, with a like hunting just the simulator. An- I don't know, like the sort of <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of what it is. Kind of it d- does feel that way. Except yeah. It's not I mean, you're sophisticated, describe- right? No. Like yeah. I just chased an elk and and mm, I don't know if it's <clears> worth it in terms of time, but I do kind of want to we were talking about it yesterday getting back into some of the issues of representation in the game, like yeah. vis-a-vis like the nonsense that is the game. Before yeah. before you do that, yeah, I want to say something about last week's episode, maybe just for the benefit of the audience because I last week was one of the episodes that I felt we kind of failed. <laughs> like at least I personally don't feel like we did a great job communicating the points we were individually trying to make about representation. And I'm, I'm wary of picking up a conversation now where we left off with that. If there's a way that you can like succinctly start from ground zero and just make a cogent point based on what you played and then for sure, and then call Um, call it a day. The thing that I realized that really bothers me about actually far cry two as well. But yeah. I think Far Cry 2 did a better job of this. But the Far Cry series, I had never played Far Cry 1, but 2, 3, and 4 is the sort of... There's now a brand trademark of a Far Cry game of going to an exotic place. And no matter what, there is there are political happenings yeah. at like ha, like going on, goings on, and you are embroiled in a tribal or sectarian or... 
civil mm-hmm. war. Yeah. And you are given your side that you're supposed to back. And then narratively, <clears throat> if you start to go deeper into like, what are like the deep sociological historical reasons for this uprising, mm-hmm. they're paper thin. Like the thing that's interesting at all about trying to tackle something like that in a fictional text is the sort of ultimate understanding that conflicts, whether they be, you know, like we talked about this war of mine, something that happens like in Bosnia or, you know, there's in tons of like this location, like Tibet is a fantastic location for something for, for themes like this. Like you can, you need to go so deep. It needs to be so steep to do justice to that. Yeah. And it needs to be confusing and complex And not black and white. Like, sure. And I feel like Far Cry 2, at least, you could kind of like... Pl- you could like. Well, Far Cry 2, almost the thing that's under the surface is just intractability. Right. The argument is that the side you pick is irrelevant. And like... Right. And they're both the, incredibly violent. The the argument that, that sort of everything is like equally morally gray, I think, is also kind of like a little bit thin. Right. But I, but I do think it's somewhat more honest um, by... But like... It's still a shortcut, right? Under the, I don't know if it holds up under like... Like... Ex- extensive examination but, but it, it does feel smarter yeah it actually makes me want to like bounce for like three years and go back to school and then write a thesis about the far cry series because <laughs> that is actually where the i think there is an interesting argument in that going from far cry 2 to far cry 3 is like a hard tonal divorce a thematic divorce mm-hmm. like new like a completely new studio is essentially completely new brand like attributes to what a far cry game is different style everything is thrown out the window. Um, but not the name, you know, and not the fact that it's a first person open world shooter. And I think you have to look at far cry four as a response to far cry three. Like you're no longer this like touristy white protagonist who's here to like, just, you know, be with which, his friends. Which feels it's, like it was a, it was a callback to far cry one. Cause you're like your whole line shirt guy who gets in a boat wreck with his girlfriend, but then like there's mutants and stuff. Or I think, yeah, right. So, Aren't there? There's like crazy, crazy crap. Sure, in far cry, yeah. Whatever. Maybe so then, is that crisis. Anyway, whatever. it just feels like far cry four was <laughs> no, like, well, no, like we're going to like, like the character Amita, who is your, like that Danielle mentioned last week, who is sort of your like cohort who sends you on mm-hmm. missions and is sort of the leader of, of the, the group that you're um, uh, allied with is a much better character than anybody who is represented in Far Cry 3. Uh, they all feel like a response to Far Cry 3, Far Cry in Far Cry 4, but I don't think it's successful. Like, it still has massive issues of just, you, go have fun in this exotic real but not real place with a real but not real conflict there are moments of satire that feel like satire that they feel like they're written from a standpoint of satire and i feel like there are moments that are just inconsistent with the rest of you know what that could be i don't know anyway i agree the next one could be called the what if the next one's called the far cry and it's perfect (laughs) that's fine that'd be great clint hawking comes back fucking awesome (laughs) clint hawking's the far cry I would Clint not. Hawking's a day one perch. Yeah, I, day one. I hope he doesn't do me? that. Oh, he, I think we can rest assured he will not. <laughs> he will not. I, midnight launch. I'd be there with a shirt that I had made that had Clint's face on it. You just wore a mask of Clint's face. 
You would yeah. just make that face that you made in that one photo I took that looked exactly That's true. like him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Yeah. Oh! That was the ghost of Far Cry 4 leaving Sean. You're no longer possessed. <laughs> Sean, I played a bunch of Crossy Road this past week because I was out of town. I have a lot of thoughts about Crossy Road. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, How did, what do you I, have, I have long eclipsed your score at this point. It's gross. What are you at? Oh, wait. Oh. What? You're good at Crossy Road? I would never have guessed that you... <laughs> can just get into some not sort of state that makes you says. destroy crossing. I mean, I'm not at the top of my own personal friends list or anything, so it's not as though I'm it's out of control. Here. So not so that was a kind of backhanded thing to say, right? It's like I've long well, eclipsed you, no, but, but my fr- my yeah, acquaintances make you I, look insane. But it looks like you haven't been playing all that much recently. Do you yeah. want to know my actual iOS behavior? Sure. Let's say I'm sitting somewhere and have some time to kill. Mm-hmm. I open Crossy Road. Yeah. And I play two Crossy Roads right. and die. Two right. Crossy's Road. Two Crossy's Road. And I go to play again and I go, oh, no, let me play something else. I mean, you know what? I'm kind of back into threes. I play one threes and go, nope, I can't get into this. <laughs> and then I do a crossword. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, that was 40 minutes. I have to, I have to move on. That's I, my entire iOS experience right now. I have re-deleted threes um, because of my, my concern about playing it. You can record your Crossy Road? Yeah, I noticed that, and I'd, I'd never do it. I, for 99 cents, I bought the Crossy Road character, the Dark Lord. Uh-huh. And it turns the entire level into just a burning hellscape. And it's incredible. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should spend so, another like, 99 cents thing, on that one. Is like, didn't you say that Ollie got one? Ollie got a Frankenstein that kind of vignettes the entire world and makes everything black and white, and it's pretty great. Uh, I got, like I got out a, of the fifty characters, I've only discovered these two that have aesthetic changes on the world. Oh, my there, ghost haunted it for sure. Everything's black. Oh, you got that ghost. Everything's dark, and then the ghost emits light, so it sort of casts oh, shadows awesome. and stuff. Yeah, that's good. Um, I have a robot that um, shoots cars sometimes. That's just fucking randomly. cool. They I have a basketball up. player, and I have a baseball player that hits home runs sometimes. <laughs> so good. It's dumb, but I unlock like, those. I've it, only paid for when it comes boys. to games that have unlocks. The like. This is kind of my favorite kind of cosmetic unlock. The yeah, kind of course. that just makes the makes the game just aesthetically different in a way that is totally non-damaging and is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So like, for well, the readers at home, it's worth pointing out. So Crossy Road, we talked last week, is this like endless frogger that um is obviously in its name and in its design, a little bit inspired by Flappy Bird. Um but is a very like is a very all its own game uh, in a really simplistic, beautiful, kind of cubic art art style. And the game is free on at least on iOS. I don't, I don't know if it's on, I don't think it's on Android yet. And you can spend like ninety nine cents to unlock one of like it seems like fifty yeah, but or 50, more 50 sort of like think, protagonist yeah. skins or like or you, main or you can skins. unlock them with like coins that you get in game that take you know as yeah. with most of these games a long time to collect. As you accrue coins, yeah. you kind of like pull a lever and a box comes out and you get one of the fifty skins at random. Um. So those, like, if that was the sole monetization scheme in the game, I would actually, I think that would be pretty great. Isn't it? No, because you can, like, watch ads for coins and shit like that. Oh, right, yes, That's stuff I don't find to be particularly, like, that's the stuff that, like, really I butt up against in terms of, um recommending the game because i just oh god just cut that stuff out i have a vampire that is this what the dark lord one looks like yeah except it's i mean it's literally black oh oh oh. (laughs) no um this vampire character just every 10 seconds or so he just turns into a bat for five seconds and then turns back into a oh wow turns back and as you cross as you pass stuff it catches fire i talked to zach johnson who does video games hot dog which is Mm -hmm. a podcast you guys are listening to um 
And what I realized is that when I reframed it in my brain as a pay what you want model, Mm -hmm. except it's like, it shows me all the, all the denominations between one and a (laughs) hundred in front of me, then I kind of appreciated it because I could actually just give the developer money commensurate with my fun of the game. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. You know, I've been giving this guy a dollar a while in a while and he's giving, and I'm not just dumping it into a tip jar. I'm getting a cool, like basically a reskinning of the avatar Mm -hmm. and possibly because you don't really know. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no language inside of the game readers that like tells you, oh, if you buy, you know, this ghost avatar that changes the chicken or the bird that it starts mm-hmm. with to a ghost that it's going to reskin the entire game. Mm-hmm. You don't know that it's sort of a surprise. Yeah. And that, that is a like acute thing. Like that is, that is, and I think fun. it's value. I think it has value because it's entertaining when that happens. Yeah. And like, it's fun to like switch to that character and, or put it on random and become that and like that, have that character be rolled when you go to play. Yeah. So when I thought of it that way, I actually like appreciated it a lot more for some reason. Like, I just sort of thought, like, oh, I can give this guy as much money as I want, or zero, and other than accidentally getting, like, sent into an ad to earn 25 coins, Mm -hmm. that's the thing where I'm like, oh, man. I thought it was 35 coins. I've watched a couple of those ads. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was 35 coins, says man who knows it's 35 coins. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I wanted to unlock that old man. I talked about him last week. He's confused. But in terms of monetization schemes, I find that like if this was a successful baseline for other free-to-play games on the App Store, I would probably be okay with that. Because every yeah, time the fair. developer wants to make money in this game, they actually have to offer a entertaining creative product as mm-hmm. opposed to building in uh, like gears that grind to a halt. Uh, well, that's true. You know what I mean? And I, I yeah. think that's kind of cool. As oh, a, yeah. Fair you guys want to take a break? Fuck no. But I guess we will. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, an excellent platform where you can make an online website, portfolio, store. Uh, it's super easy to use. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you get 10% off your first order. Yesterday, I logged on to Squarespace because I wanted to build a private website Ooh, yeah. private but like website. i wanted to build a website for just the <laughs> firewatch concept art and i was like oh you know what? i could probably use squarespace's portfolio function and then mm, i like i got into like just looking at the templates and like screwing around with them and it instantly looked beautiful with pretty much no effort so i yeah, it just reminded me that I'm glad they're a sponsor, and you should totally check them out if you need to do any if you need to build a website. They also put up they've got uh, Squarespace Seven came out recently and has a bunch of new features. One of which is Google Apps integration if your company uses Google Apps, and another is they partnered with Getty Images, so you have access to a humongous high quality stock photo library as part of your membership. And that's incredibly valuable because most of their templates really like take they look good with huge photos, huge high yep. res photos. So yeah, check them out. Squarespace.com promo code thumbs. And we'd also like to thank our sponsor, NatureBox. NatureBox is a delicious snack delivery service that will bring tasty treats to your home or office. You can go to naturebox.com slash thumbs to get a free NatureBox sampler that has four sort of random snacks of their selection and one full-size snack if you're choosing 
for just $2 shipping. Nick. And we are among a NatureBox subscriber right now, Nick Brecken, aren't we? Yeah. I actually just started panicking because I realized I hadn't selected my fifth uh, Nature <laughs> selection for this month. What, what are you are going, going for? Yeah. What are we looking so at? So I, oh, I hit the what's new this month, and I found the Apple Cinnamon Crave, which I feel like... <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got to get that. You got to get the Crave. I feel like I might, Wait, my na- cra- might need to what, get what that is Crave. What is it? Sorry, cra- they're verbing, they're nouning that verb, so I must know what a crave is because it doesn't have mass in the universe that I occupy. Some situations were made for savory snacks. Sometimes only a sweet snack will do, but when you crave both, you can't go wrong with apple cinnamon crave. That still doesn't really explain much, but I, I, <laughs> right, right, I right. assume it to be It sounds delicious. like a pill that puts me to sleep, but go on, <laughs> go on. Roasted peanuts, apple bits. Okay, there we go. No, it's it loose, it looks it loose. loose. It's, a, it's a mix. It's more of a gorp. Yeah, it's more of a, yeah, it's a light mix. Okay. It's like yeah. a gorp crave. Yeah. <laughs> So if, That's you, what if, it you, is. if you yourself would, you love would like a Gorp Crave, crave. <laughs> you can go to naturebox.com slash thumbs and get a free Gorp Crave for just the price, the low price, the like discounted price of shipping. Two bucks. Thanks, Naturebox. Thanks, Naturebox. Video game. Christmas comes a little early. The old Nick Brecken. <laughs> Stuff those stockings full of Crave. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Return of the Return of the baboo. Yeah, the mutated baboo. That's not available in Nature Box. <laughs> oh man, I got the mutated, mutated baboo. baboo in my in my random sample pack for spooky Nature Box around Halloween. Man, why doesn't Nature Box do that? There's eyeballs. Right? Are these eyeballs? Yeah. They're no, all they natural are. grapes. <laughs> yeah, brains. No, it's um. I don't know what it would be in the case of Nature Box. What is brains normally? Probably some kind of nom nom. I don't know. It's Banana it's like, brains. It's usually like just pasta or like something yeah. or like entrails. It's guts. Guts mm. is pasta, always. Well, I don't know what a brain yeah. is. Maybe I touched a brain at one of those. Jello, maybe. <laughs> it's brains. It's actually just cow brains. You're like, oh, that's a guy's brain. <laughs> I saw a guy's brain once. It was really gross. How? What? In junior high, they took us to oh. the like cadaver zone <laughs> of the state university. It's crazy that they do that shit. That was it, shit that happened on like Saved by the Bell in my universe. You know what I mean? Like that shit didn't happen. Yeah, right. yeah I no, didn't I, do that. In my I, I feel like I talked about this on Idle Thumbs once. I went and I we we went on a trip to Sonoma State University in like in some junior high class, and then it was like, oh cool, this is where like things from it is history. <laughs> anyway, here's just a guy laid out on a table. It's like wow, that's just a corpse that's just face down. Weird. And then they're like, anyway, here's half a guy's head on a platter. <laughs> it was sawed down the middle, like the nose cut in half, eye, like only one eye, half a mouth. So you could just see a perfect inside of a head. And then they're like, and here's a brain on a plate. Just a brain, a full brain. And then you close your eyes and touch it? No. Go, Ooh, spooky. But then I went home and dinner was pork chops and it smelled like that guy's head. And I didn't eat pork, I didn't eat pork chops for like 10 years. <laughs> Thanks, Nature Box. <laughs> oh, sorry that, that that was rude. Um, yeah. Anyway, spooky. So I did. I didn't touch a brain, but I did see a brain once. You touched a brain with your nostrils. I, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of brain went into my nose. <laughs> That's horrifying. Yeah, it was fucking weird. You should not have to see dead bodies. You should not have to see full, half, full of a, half of a face on a plate. You should not probably. have to see mutilated strangers. I remember because I remember like because when they presented the half of the guy's face, 
What was the tone? What, what was it like? Hey, kids, check this. No, out. it was or just was like, like and here is a thing. Here is a thing. I'm a student and I'm desensitized to this, and I'm not realizing that I'm showing a 13 year old a terrible oh, it thing. Like, it was like a 21 year old. Yeah, it was uh, just like students oh. are there who were just showing us this. But it was like, oh, kids are here on a tour. I guess what you want to see is half a head. But oh my god! So you just your tour guide was just like Dwight from Six Feet Under. No, just, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the tour guide. Like, it was like, our teacher was just going through places. Then I think this was just like, oh, this got a little weirder than I think what we I guess worse this is hap- okay Whoop. but like that's a big permission slip sign from mom yeah you want to you want your kid to see half a human head I remember the, the the bisected part of the head looked so much like a science illustration that I didn't really think about it until I was a curious kid and looked underneath and like saw the guy's ear and like ear hair and just went oh no oh no it was terrible it was it was a weird thing I had forgotten about it until we talked about nature box giving you eyeballs and stuff <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. That might have that, that might have been discussed on like episode twenty five. Also, Pro, I think it, I have a vague memory of this. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> Welcome, new listeners, to me talking about seeing a brain one time in this haunted Christmas that we were in. We're in haunted Christmas. Yeah, we're not even. It's okay, in that we're somewhere between Christmas and Halloween. Mm-hmm. I would describe Thanksgiving as haunted Christmas generally. <laughs> yeah, the haunted Christmas of holidays. Um, <laughs> I think this is going to be mainly mailbag, I'm guessing. I'm Bullshit! <laughs> Let's stop promising short episodes of mailbag. No one said short. I didn't, gold. Sh- I didn't say short. Please. He also didn't say it was bad. Some mailbag episodes are sometimes the best episodes. I agree. Yeah. Never have been. Always have been. <laughs> Drunk man. May Never. Want. Mailbag! <laughs> <laughs> Some of the uh. best things come in bags. <laughs> Horses? Horses? Male? Just think about that and oh, think about Tim Schaefer's name being Mr. Shitface. <laughs> <laughs> this episode goes out to Mr. Shitface. It's Shitface, right? That's what. It's yeah. Mr. Shitface. Mr. Shitface. Mr. Shitface. Please. <laughs> Mr. Shitface is my father. Call me Tim Schaefer. No, call me, call me Ethics Farm. <laughs> Fun with anagrams. Uh, did, you, yeah. did you see this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Just making sure you saw that yeah. cat get hit by a cheese. Yeah. It was a really tough afternoon for me of seeing Tim discover that gamer gators have discovered that his name is an anagram for Mr. Shitface, and that then an hour and a half later, this cat getting hit in the face with a slice of cheese. It was a fucking hard afternoon. I don't know how I got through it. It was it was a good day, but it was a day where you had to look at the computer screen to work, but the computer screen also contained a cat getting hit in the face by cheese. Oh, it's so delicious. It's so good. Mr. Shitface is my father. Please call me Ethics Farm. Call me Ethics Farm. <laughs> <laughs> this weekend, I watched Jurassic Park. I'm sure it was great. It is great. I love Jurassic Park. Nick, Nick, I think Nick loves Jurassic Park more than anyone in this room. That's not true. Mm. I think mm. it's true. It might be if true. this couch cushion popped open and Patrick Klepek came out and went, ah, bullshit, that'd be the best. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I will, I will defer to, I will defer to Klepek. And popped out of that wardrobe. He would come from the side. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Patrick Klepek's hunting packs. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, okay. Patrick Kletpax. Patrick's uh, in this city right now somewhere. Oh, yeah, we should hang oh, out. Not on this podcast. He should be on this podcast right this second. Patrick, get over here. He should be. This is unfortunate. Where the fuck is he? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? 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 Flames. <laughs> flames. Flames. <laughs> flames on the side of my face. Flames. Flames. 
flames? Oh my god. <laughs> this is a phone call. Why aren't you on Idle Thumbs right this second, right now, right here, in this office? You guys recording tonight? I can't come right now. If you give me a heads up, I could have come. I know. We should have given you a heads up. You should have just known in your heart of hearts. Nick Brecken thinks he's a bigger Jurassic Park fan than you are. Ooh. I know he's a big <laughs> Jurassic Park fan, though. That's it? I think I'm a bigger fan. I thought I, that became a babysitting spot for me. I saw it 15 times in that theater. My parents just dropped me off. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, can we I'm put that out? Can we put that on the podcast that you saw it 15 times in the theater because your parents were neglectful? Yeah, no, no shame. Okay, that's going to go on the podcast. Maybe a little shameful for my parents, but not for me. Okay, okay <laughs> we might actually be mid episode right now, Patrick. Perfect. Okay, yeah. great. I'm, I'm always, I'm always, I just assume I'm being recorded at all times. <laughs> Good. All right. Do you want to be on the cast next week? You want to be on the cast next week? Oh, I could, yeah, I could come next Tuesday. Perfect. Okay, right. I'll, I'll text you tomorrow. Okay, later, bud. Podcast content. Just trying to stretch the podcast. <laughs> to... Yeah. I wonder what that sounds like. Bad, probably. Uh, so we got some reader mail about our fighting game discussion from last week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Charlie... Are they all like Dota? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what was that like, weird cat noise? <laughs> This is the noise I make when I think about Dota. <laughs> you make a Dota noise when you think about Dota. <laughs> is that, what, is that a lord from Dota? It sounds, it sounds like Venomancer or something, just, yeah. Probably a lot of them make that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Charles Wheeler. Right, hold on, what noise do they make? I don't, I don't think anything does. I like that when Danielle's in there, she goes, okay, and you just go. <laughs> it's this fucking seat, this seat, this love seat. Okay. Charles Wheeler writes, Hey Thumbs, I'm surprised there haven't been more corrections on the forum about the way revisions are handled in arcade fighting games. Arcade fighting games did have a patch cycle of sorts. In the case of Street Fighter, addition to CE slash Super slash Turbo, etc. releases, arcade Street Fighter machines did have various different revisions. My understanding is that these revisions within the same title were usually for bug fixes, but some balance changes have been included as well. For instance, the Guile Blackout bug, which crashed the machine, was patched out in later revisions of Street Fighter II World Warriors long before Street Fighter II CE was released. MAME lists at least nine individual revisions of Street Fighter II World Warriors, the vanilla release, reflecting different boards that were exported. Mm. There are a fair number of known board revisions which have also not been dumped yet. The biggest difference is that patch notes were not published at that time, so it's very difficult to find detailed information on these. There's scattered anecdotal evidence in interviews that various changes were made, but nobody really logged what exactly each revision did. For a specific, a rare specific example, there are revision notes for Do- for Darkstalkers 2. Those seem like pretty explicit balance changes, such as changing a knockdown to be a regular attack. The Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD remix release, uh, release explicitly supported enabling or disabling some of the known bug fixes, although I don't know if it's known which of them actually saw release in which arcade revisions. Um, from a list that he links, you can see the difficulty in identifying exactly what changes are made. A bounce change might have been changing the percentage chance a specific frame is blockable or changing the variable range of an input window. When triggering a special move, you need to press the button within so many frames of, of the joystick motion. But in many versions, instead of a fixed limit, it chooses a random number between X and Z each time you enter the motion. And then he has an e-Honda example. I'm not as into the scene as I used to be, so I could be getting some details wrong, but that's the gist of it. An example, in any, Honda. In, a, in any case, there being explicit patch notes would still be an obvious difference to, difference to the way this is presented to the user and the way it's consumed on a competitive level. Um, so that's that's one. Uh, and then... Um, <laughs> still laughing at example, Honda. Sorry. <laughs> we got like a dozen emails about this, so I, I only picked 
a, a couple. I, obviously, not going to read all of them. Um, Nelson Falker writes. Hey, Thumbs, wanted to write in after your discussion about Smash and updates for fighting games. Most fighting games have been receiving balance patches and updates for a long time, and developers handle it differently. Places like NetherRealm of Mortal Kombat and Injustice and Iron Galaxy of Killer Instinct release balance patches almost monthly, with Capcom, Street Fighter, Marvel vs., etc., Arc System Works of Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue, usually waiting upwards of a year to see how the meta and balance shakes out before issuing patches. They've all gotten in the habit of releasing full-on Dota-style patch notes with each update, when which caused the community to begin to begin theory crafting and speculating about tier lists. Changes like M Bison's L double knee press advantage on block reduced by one frame cause forum wars and players crying about how their preferred character will be ruined. Smash doing this is not new, but it is maybe new for Nintendo. Cheers, Nelson. And then the last one I'm going to read. Um, Say he this is Lex uh, Lachica who writes, Hey Idle Thumbs. I played both Super Smash Brothers and other fighting games competitively and wanted to chime in super briefly about last week's podcast. Street Fighter 4 does have balance patches, but are usually part of a larger content pack that includes new characters and stages. Most fighting games are like this, likely because they need to have the patches cleared by Xbox Live, PSN, Steam. As far as I know, Smash 4 is among the first to have the, the capability for uh, much more frequent patch updates. For comparison, Smash had four patches in a month since it's released, and Street Fighter 4 has had that many, albeit much larger, updates in four years. How often Nintendo intends to patch is still up in the air. For me, it's both good and bad that these patches can be so frequent. They get rid of the, re- the, the really broken bits quickly, but I worry Nintendo may not have a pulse on what the competitive players need. need. They don't even release patch notes. Nintendo has had such a strained relationship with competitive Smash in the past, so it's hard to have much faith in them to, pro- to provide support now. Do we really trust the people who introduced tripping to fine-tune the balance of a fighting game, especially if they haven't reached out for community feedback about balance changes? I don't agree that Nintendo has fully catered to competitive play. I see it more as a series of concessions to a group they don't fully understand. I get the feeling Nintendo wants to, but ultimately doesn't know how to support a competitive game. Can you imagine if you could watch or host tournaments from the game, or if they made something like what Capcom does with the Capcom Cup, or even just provided patch notes? The step they have taken are fantastic for competitive play, but there's still a lot of work to be done before Smash is selling out the Staples Center. Probably won't, but hey, dream big, right? Um, now the question of the email, what, if anything, could get you into a competitive fighting game? Thanks, love the podcast. Don't stop being cool. Mm-hmm. Lex from SoCal. So those were three. I tried to pick emails that were about kind of different angles on this yep. topic, and I think I'm sure there's plenty more that of interesting details that I uh, didn't get to, but that seemed like an interesting perspective. The thing that could get me into a competitive fighting game is it being super smash brothers. <laughs> um, and the only time that I think I've ever actually watched competitive fighting on a stream is when smash brothers showed up at, I guess Evo? it was Evo a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then Nintendo did like a recreational goofy tournament for uh, E3. And I watched a bunch of that. Like I, I occasionally actually watch people play competitive smash brothers only because it's super smash brothers. So that's a crappy answer to that guy's question. Also, if they had like a hat store, that's the wacky go-to <laughs> joke about this, right? So that's um, that's what that's the other thing. So Sean and Nick, you're the two people on this podcast who I think are the most drawn to competitive multiplayer you still experiences watch Dota, generally. Nick? Um, no, no, but I did I did watch Evo last year actually. I mean, I think I talked about it on the podcast, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. For me, it's uh, even with Dota, I just feel like. I mean, the thing that I actually got into regularly watching was StarCraft. Starcraft and for yeah. me, the, the reason for that was simply that I could follow and understand what the schedule was and what the league was. Mm, and, yeah. You know, like that's it was a just had a structure. That's a really big challenge with me with Dota. Cause yeah. like, that, that's, that's what I was going to say. Even the client, is, yeah. they have like premiere, they have all the tickets, right? Where it's like right. premiere, pro, amateur, whatever. Yeah. In the premiere tickets, I still don't know, like, is this a tournament that I want to watch or like the teams that I care about there? Right. You know, like, 
and I and, just don't know. I kind of have to wait for a cultural swell of like, oh, this is the one we're all watching right. to happen on Twitter or which is what what Evo is for me for fighting games. So I'll yeah. occasionally jump right, just, on and when just Evo watch shows up. Whatever. You're like, oh, Evo's happening. Yeah, it's the international I, for fighting games, right? Yeah. But um, and StarCraft didn't have that problem when it when it started. It had one league that was mega popular, and you just watched that, and that's mm-hmm. why I enjoyed it. And I fell off as it sort of stratified and became, you know, there's this European thing over here, and then some of the players, a lot of the players left Korea because there was a new WCS like rule I that mean, every sport the talent has a history, had to, except yeah. really ma- Major League Baseball has a history of it too, but it's older, so it, you don't, I don't actually know it, but every professional physical sport has a history of like stratified mm-hmm. leagues that are competing, competing for eyeballs and competing for athletes and things like this. Yeah. Um, and then eventually they homogenize down, which is probably better for the consumer kind of, but also like diabolical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's, yeah, they're, it's, they're monopolies. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, they're strange. Like if teams had to codify via their geographic well, location. So, uh, oh, man, Starcraft, about the Blizzard history. has been trying to do that. Like, yeah, Blizzard's have. been trying to do that with StarCraft. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, That's like... funny, because StarCraft's a single-player experience. I mean, I guess there's two-player. But, I mean, a Dota team has six people on it. Oh, there's yeah. still StarCraft teams, but that's not... There's still the concept of a team. Yeah, no, but, but that's not... That's the less relevant part as, as compared to just, like, the what league are you going to play in, in this, for the purpose of this argument. Okay. Which is that... Uh, what happened was a bunch of Korean players, like high-level Korean players, would just move to Europe or to North America or something to be in basically an easier market. Like they would just establish residency in a different mm-hmm. country so that they could play in a league that is going to be slightly less competitive. Mm-hmm. I think that was actually it's institutionalized. Like going to China to play basketball. They've actually <laughs> made them do that. The the way that WCS works now is really strange. I think they well, actually they, have de- they've taken they've the now, talent and said you're now in the North American League. Well, now what they well, I don't think they they made those calls. I think what they did was Blizzard said you you have now to, stay there have and to declare there. it once, right? And that's it. That's what I mean. I guess that's it. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. they're but trying. It's, to, it's institutionalized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a fighting game with the Dota heroes. Yeah, it's like I would probably get into kart racing games if they took the characters from Smash Brothers and put them in like a kart racer. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. What if you just kind of like explored a world with like one or two? What of if them? you took one of kind of jumped kind of around like a maze. and like yeah, it was kind of like a maze that you had to navigate mm. or like I don't know, like maybe jump over things and stuff. That would be, um. that would be pretty pretty fascinating. What if you put them in some like anime sort of RPG thing? I don't think I'd play that. <laughs> I'd also be really confused by why they're all in Smash Brothers now. It would make me feel old. I think. <laughs> Justin J. Jund writes Triple J. Hey Thumbs. The discussion last week about Medios, this must have been more than a week this is two ago. Weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. The discussion about Medios, Clacks, and other games that kept you up at night reminded me of a phenomenon that has plagued me for many years. When I'm really engrossed in a puzzle game or any game that uses symbolic representation of an objective, like Rock Band, I tend to see the shapes and puzzles well after I'm done playing. Moreover, I tend to dream about the game or have close eyed visuals for days after playing it if I've spent enough time with it. I'm not sure if there's a proper proper title for this, but I suppose it would be some form of object permanence that I experience. My first recollection of this phenomena, phenomenon came from playing Tetris Attack for the Super Nintendo, and it yes. drives me crazy until I just had to sit down and play it again. I'm just curious if any of you have experienced such a thing, and if so, which games hit you the hardest? Cheers, Justin June. P.S. Rapid City, South Dakota in here, so I always feel warm and fuzzy when you guys talk about being from Wyoming or Windy or sister from the West. You can understand why I'm excited for Firewatch. 
I've been to Rapid City. I was playing one-on-one basketball with my dad in the rain in a crappy hotel, and he slipped and broke his kneecap, and I had to push him in a wheelchair <laughs> till we got home to Wyoming. Ouch. The end. <laughs> you pushed him all the way to Wyoming? Well, I mean, we drove from Rapid City back <laughs> to Cody, past Devil's Tower. Close Encounters. Pretty sick. Both of you guys reacted to Tetris Attack. Oh, Tetris Attack's a great game. One, One of the greats. greats. It's true. It says it on the cartridge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that 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 doesn't happen to me. Can't tell us apart. That was just a mind. Uh, not helpful. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true, Jake. Oh um, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the um, no, I mean, I think that the the first time that I heard about this happening a lot was when everyone was playing Tetris on the NES and the Game Boy. Of just, I go to sleep and I'm still playing Tetris. I think they had commercials to that effect as well. Oh my God. In the, in the grand style of video game commercials, accidentally talking about how horrible they are as a way to sell you on how good they are. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you can't stop playing. Your brain's just obsessed with it. You can't even sleep because Tetris blocks are falling all the time. Yeah. Oh, gross. I mean, I think that was the case. And I think there was one with like, parents who this is another classic 90s thing like a kid filmed with like a super uh low fov lens and then the parents are like he can't stop playing that tetris and they're like oh no and they're like weird 90s parents <laughs> with crazy glasses and stuff right yeah they're just like, like their costumes the evoke... retainer yeah yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it looks like they're shot with a fisheye lens even if they're not because yeah, their right. costumes and hair are so ostentatious yes, yeah right, exactly yeah yeah you know what's funny i was actually uh, this happened to me um I played a lot of Dota the other night and it happened to me then just sort of like going to bed and can't get the sort of like rhythms of the game out of my head or the AV or whatever. And it definitely happened with Meteos. I played a ton of that game. Tetris Attack. I played so much Meteos. Um, those two are the two that come to mind. But that's also because they've been reminded of me, right? The, the stay behind your eyes. Oh, Geometry Wars. Mm. For the, yeah, real bad. But um, as I got older... And like put more life stuff on my plate. The sensation of that actually induced panic, and it happened like literally. It happened Monday night or one night recently, where I just was like laying in bed, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm having a panic attack," but like I'm just basically like fast scrubbing through five seconds of a Dota match. It's like like, and it was just over and over and over, and I couldn't break out of that loop until I was like, "Gonna get up, get a glass of water." Like just like, reset sensory input, <laughs> yeah, like do, do, do something, a, do a push up, like whatever, like just do anything to like, oh, okay. And I was fine. But like, it's very, it's as opposed to being a phenomenon, it's become in the past, I don't know, five to 10 years of my life as between 20 and 30 is actually like not pleasurable. It's actually really stressful. <sighs> Thinking about it right now. <laughs> I mean, I think it was never <laughs> pleasurable, but it was benign at least. Yeah, no, right? it's like yeah. it's yeah, it was like a it's like a weird trigger. I don't yeah. like it. But I still play games before I go to sleep. I don't think I've gotten that recently. I remember that uh, this isn't really the same thing as what he's describing, I guess. But I you guys about Katamari? Yeah, when I played Katamari, I, that game was in my brain all the time, <laughs> just constantly. It was really bad. I would just imagine it everywhere. I would imagine it existing. We've talked about this you, multiple times. You would times. see things on a table and you'd imagine the sensation. No, no, no. It's you're all. in the car yeah, well and you're like, I can roll up those lampposts. Yeah. <laughs> the lampposts, I've talked about this on Thumbs I know yes. years ago, but like the lampposts were the big one because in that game, when you see like 
a oh, half mile perfect roller oh, like this is gonna be the oh, most delicious like, thing like, oh my god this is gonna be so good because they have so little mass right so they're not hard to pick up but they're really long so if you collect the lots whole of string of them, and also mass. yeah things in a row in katamari because they go boo -doo, boo -doo, boo -doo, boo -doo, boo -doo, as you get them it's just like this like just rhythmic yeah the success -chunk, 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 sound, yeah. and yeah. the game gets yeah. way yeah. more hilarious and i would be in the car driving along the freeway in southern california and I would and I would just glance to my right, and there's just like right. forty lampposts. Oh, like, like oh my god, of, I could just swerve uh, right into these things. In yeah. the um, <laughs> that's the if if you if the thing where you're like the last image you see in your brain is retaining your eyes, if that was a if that like applied to things you were imagining and not just things you were seeing, that would be a disastrous like discovery. If you're the guy whose who, who's car is wrapped around the lamppost. And then they inspect your retinas or whatever, and it's like, well, well not going to tell anyone, uh, tell his family about this one. Just, just, just disgraceful. That was a Play Out Loud magazine ad. It was just a zoom in on your eyeball, and then, and God, then in the reflection, a car and a guy in the, yeah, a wrecked stretcher, car. But then inside just, of his yeah. brain, he's still playing Katamari. Yeah. Oh no! His half. -brain. What was that? Toast him. The half brain. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think thanks. you were about to say something, Sean. No, I was going to say thanks, readers, oh. for the great reader mail, unless you were going to go back to the well. You had the look like you were like the well was empty. Yeah, I mean, it's there's plenty left in the well, but I would, well, have, to, I would have to dig it out I with would a say, bucket. readers, please put more sensational questions into the well. We love them. Where's the well? What is the well? You can send them to questions at idlethumbs.net, and the uh, well will go up by one water amount. Outs. <laughs> bucket <laughs> we're also on Love twitter at idle thumbs <laughs> and facebook at facebook.com slash idle thumbs and also um oh also our store sale is still going on if you go to store.idlethumbs.net and you uh use the check offer out, code yeah use the offer code cold bloom cold c-o-l-d-b-l-u-m on a cart of thirty dollars or more you get twenty percent off We'll probably um, be running that for a little while. We'll leave that on for a little while. No, an easy example of that is a t-shirt and a cold bloom. Yeah, that's been a popular choice. $31. That gets you up to 31 Weird that that's what it does. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and this is kind of big news. We've never done this before. Well, technically we kind of did this for a moment um, because we had Luke. But we are... Canceling the podcast. Okay, we're, we did that. We did that a few times. We've done that a couple times, yeah. Because of somebody in this room. Patrick Klebeck. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> um, we are on the hunt for an intern. So you can go to idlethumbs.net slash intern to apply, but don't do so unless you live within, like, reasonable commute distance of our office, which is in the Petrero Hill Flats neighborhood of San Francisco, California. Because um, we... we we can't work with you if you You'll don't have to live there. Probably also, you probably stuff. don't want to um, move to be our intern. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, it's paid, but it's you know, it's, not, yeah. it's an intern. It exists in the city of San Francisco, and it's paid in intern rates. So yeah, the rates and everything are on the application, so yes. you can check that out. Yeah, go to uh, idlethumbs.net slash intern. Um, if you live in the Bay Area and you clearly listen to at least one of our podcasts, if you're hearing this now. Um, and you think you have skills that would be helpful to us, if you just go through this, like, Google form we have set up, it'll it'll just ask you some questions. Um, you should do so, or tell a friend if you think they would fit these requirements. Um, and uh, we're going to be, I guess, just probably accepting applications for, like, a week or so, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll leave it open for a little while. Um, yeah. We'll probably leave it open until we find somebody, to be honest. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, that's idlethumbs.net slash intern. And we hope to hear from you if you're awesome. It's part-time. Yeah, that's on there as well. But, like, this isn't like a... You're not going to be able to support your life no, this in is the Bay like, Area with this job. Help us out a little bit during the week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Oh, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Nick. Congrats, Nick. Fuck Nick. No. Thanks, I mean, Chris. Oh, I mean, congrats. I said the wrong thing. This is 2014, <laughs> the year of congrats, Nick. 2015, uh, the year of the PS3 is on the horizon, and Nick does not really fit into that equation. God, we're so close to our PlayStation 3's potential being realized. Oh, it's true. We got it. We got it. What if every PS3 in the world at midnight on December 31st just turns on? Just turns on, and then just like its shell starts to crack and break right. and snap open, and it's just a PS4 inside. <laughs> a PS5 comes out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the true potential of the PlayStation Three. It's not the PlayStation Four. Oh my god! So owned. You want a PlayStation? 4 just a Vita it? Two comes out because that's obviously what it's the a PlayStation. No, PlayStation TV is in there. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, and oh. it's like oh, you wanted to watch. Oh, sorry. Twenty fifteen is when the true potential of the PSP platform is reached. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> so the website year of the PS three dot info. So what, an Idle Thumbs reader made this what in two thousand eight or something. Yeah, it was a long time ago that this was made six years ago or so that this was made, and it has been it's the been entire counting time. Down seconds. It's been counting down. Yeah, it, to twenty fifteen in seconds, and so the thing that's. I, I see this website like a couple times a year, right? Not that often. But the thing that's interesting about it to, to, to my brain is that the entire – every single time I've ever seen this website, going back six years, the number of seconds that are left is just a number that's too high for my brain to do anything with. That was true in 2008 and it is still true right now. Because it's just a bit, it's in seconds. That said, so, we're down to 2,500,000 seconds. Right, but it's still, a, but you still just, when you glance at the website, you're just like, oh, it's just an impossibly huge number. That is, so after six years of this number just being an incomprehensibly huge number of seconds, suddenly, like in a, a few weeks from now, this is going to get down to be like, under 100,000 seconds, then under 10,000 seconds, then under 1,000 seconds, then under 100 oh, seconds. Oh, it's going to be zero seconds at one point, Chris. Yeah. And then our PS3s are going to be good. <laughs> and then the clock starts. <laughs> then the clock, the clock starts on. <laughs> Hurry up, devs. <laughs> yeah, then it, then it changes down to the, the number of seconds left in exactly one year. And right. that's the amount of time that lazy devs have yeah. to squeeze the full power out of the PS3. Yeah. Now that it is available. What if Sony puts out a firmware update on January 1st, oh my God. 2015 for the PlayStation 3? It's like new optimized blah, blah, blah. <laughs> new cores. Four of we our processors now are yeah. right. <laughs> SPUs. RAM expansion pack. <laughs> I, to give context for people who haven't been listening to this stupid podcast for six years, um, one of the, was it, who was it? Was it Kaz Harai? I think I, it was Kaz Harai. Yeah. A Sony executive years ago. Yeah, it wasn't Kudaragi. It was. It was. It was. Cause... I think. Yeah, I don't think it was. I can't remember though for sure. Um, it may have been Kudaragi. Made the claim that, like the PS2 and the PS1, the PS3 would have a ten-year um, development cycle. Um, in you know, so it would it would it would exist for a full decade, and over that decade, it would developers would continue. It's such a complex, powerful machine, the developers would continue to learn new things about it and continue to be able to gain additional performance benefit out of this machine for the duration of its life cycle. So 
um, we took that to mean that in 2015, um, 10 years I after I thought that he re- straight up said that. Did he not? I thought the quote was like, in this year... It might have been. I don't remember. Man, the I don't remember words, the details. But it's fine. But yeah, the the, uh, the implication, or possibly the, the direct statement, was that in 2015, um, developers would finally have fully comprehended the awesome power of this machine. And so, someone made us a website for it at yearofthepS3.info, which has been counting down to that auspicious year ever since. It's true. Yep. Thanks, readers. Goodbye. <laughs> I drank a beer out of a cold one this weekend. Nice. That's really good. It tastes better. Oh my god, I actually drank a beer out of a cold one while watching Jurassic Park. Oh shit. You did it. I can't believe you didn't buy or keep that. I was too enthralled. Two to the chest, one to the head of eight player smash on the 187 of podcasts. Do not put that on the podcast. I refuse to sound that stupid on a public forum. Please do that. Please don't. Instead of to some Chris, dub stuff Chris, or something. Please don't. Just please. have it launch what? right into the podcast. <laughs> please. Someone please. please anyone please listening, have mercy. please mercy. make a YouTube mercy. video out of this. Mercy, Chris. Please. God, no. I love America.